Hi, this is Damien Power, director of No Exit and Killing Ground, and you're listening to the Horror Squad podcast. Squad podcast episode number 259. Tonight we're talking about 30 days of night. Happy New Year. I'm one of your co-hosts, Todd. We have Joe and we have Steve. Men, how are we? How's the New Year? How's your New Year's festivities? All that stuff. Hello. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, it was good. We uh, went over to a friend's house. Just It was pretty lax. We played some VR, which was fun, you know, played some. Uh... So I feel like the best thing when someone has never done vr before is the plank experience so I, I you know i did that so that was we all you know everyone took turns doing that which was fun and then i put them on the roller coaster simulator and stuff you know the basic stuff and then uh yeah then i showed my buddy like i i finally bought uh nfl pro era which is really cool it's like a quarterback simulator thing it's is pretty it sweet I, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it, it's like, it could definitely be better, but like the immersion is really good. But like the only big negative is when they, you go on defense, they like put you on the sidelines with a clipboard and then you have to like wait while the game like simulates. So it takes a few minutes. Oh, you can't skip so it. You can, but like it, they go through one play before like it puts you back through the city. So like yeah. it could, it could definitely be refined, but it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. I would maybe, you know, is it 30 bucks worth it? Questionable, but it's, it, it's entertaining. It's, it's giving me great entertainment. So we did that. And then we played settlers of Catan, which I've never played before. Really fun board game. I gotta, I gotta admit, I mean, I know this is all non horror stuff. I'm sorry, folks, but I would highly recommend settlers of Catan. If you've never played before, especially if you're a fan of sort of like, I guess, risk, and like stuff like that but yeah it's a lot of fun and we played it twice because we had so much fun so yeah that's what happens when you get older as an adult you play board games and, and video games for your new year's eve and people take that fucking game seriously like th- there are full tables you could buy they're just sellers of Catan, like the the way it like unfolds and everything and it's like crazy so that's awesome um my new year's was interesting so because I couldn't go visit my family during Christmas, uh, the weather was just like way too awful. We got like snowstorms and ice storms and high wind and all that shit. So I didn't end up going to my folks' place. So we decided to do it on New Year's Day instead. So I went over. It's a two-hour drive. Not too bad, you know. Everything went super great. Gave the gifts to all my nieces and stuff like that. Uh, came back in like the kind of early evening, beginning of the night. And everything, super nice drive. You know, the stores were closed. So not a lot of traffic. It was going super well. And I live at the outer edge of my city. So five minutes one way and I'm in like pure country. Like there's, it's just farms and empty fields. So for me to get to the highway, I have to go down this really like dark, straight area. So I'm going down there and I'm, I'm getting close to home. You know, I'm only maybe 10 minutes from my house and it's super dark. You can't see a fucking thing. It's a little bit rainy. You know, it's like just enough rain to be annoying, but not a lot of rain. And it's a little foggy, so I, I, my visibility is pretty low. But whatever, I've done this fucking road a million times, so it doesn't matter. And all of a sudden, I'm going 80 kilometers an hour, which is like 50 miles per hour, which is what the speed limit is on that road. And all of a sudden, I get this weird feeling in my, inside of me. And I don't know how, where this came from, but I'm like, I saw a car pass me on the other side. It's like one lane each way. I, I was just thinking to myself, you know, if I swerved into that car, my entire life would change like instantly. And that's so weird to think about that. 
one little move and your whole life can just like completely twist or, or end, right? And not sooner than I think that, about a minute later, I see in the distance what looks like two people in the middle of the road, which is super weird because it's the middle of nowhere, right? And I'm like, that's super weird. And just as I'm processing it, I realize like, fuck, I'm going to hit this thing like super quick. So I just, and I mean just, managed to swerve out of the way of what I thought was two people in the middle of the road. But as I was swerving out of the way, I noticed that wasn't two people in the road. That was were two very sets of long legs attached to a gigantic body. I barely missed a moose. Uh, so there was a moose right in the middle of the road. Now, I got super lucky, A, because I could have easily not seen it. Uh, it's dark, can't you know, can't see it. B, I just happened to be really paying attention. You know, with roads like that, sometimes you kind of go into autopilot. But I was really aware because of what I had just thought of. And C, had it been in the middle of my lane rather than in the middle of, like, the two lanes in the middle of the road, I would have had no, like, room to swerve, and I probably would have rolled into a ditch. And, yeah, it was scary. <laughs> I was like, fuck, an inch, you know, or a bad reaction time, and I'd probably be dead. Because if you hit a moose, a moose, that's, like, a ton. You know, it's, like, 2,000 pounds, and it would have gone right into my windshield, probably right through the windshield into me, and game over for old Steve. So I was, like, pretty shaken up that night. It was weird. But I'm fine now. You know, it's that's the way life is. That's what Canadian <laughs> driving is like, you know, whether it's deer, moose, or whatever. Uh, yeah, so that was an interesting night. But be careful out there, folks. It's, you know, it could end real quick <laughs> if you don't pay attention. <laughs> so, yeah, other than that, it was great, though. What about you, Todd? Well, I can't really follow the moose story now, Steve. We should have had you gone last. Uh, <laughs> glad you're all right, obviously. No, just a quiet night at home. We played Taco and Burrito, a board game, Joe, that I think you would highly enjoy. It's very simple rules, and you build a burrito, and you can backstab each other and fuck each other over um, and steal their shit. It's a really fun game. We get really into it. So I highly recommend that one. Other than that, though, we do our um, annual black and white end of the year horror movie. We did Last Man on Earth, which I'll talk about what watched, but that's always a fun time, even though my my daughter now hates it because she doesn't want to watch anything that's not in color. And I told her she's not a true horror fan. She says that. But uh, anyway, yeah, pretty quiet evening. All right. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, I guess let's get into some horror news to start the new year off right and to start us off. I figured let's start with some bad news. <laughs> For those of you who were fans of Netflix series 1899, which I had seen a little bit of like mild buzz about um, in some horror groups and stuff. I don't know if either of you guys have given it a watch yet. Well, it's been canceled after one season over on Netflix. So my apologies to you fans of 1899. Next bit of news here is, well, we just talked about Chris Jericho last week. He popped up and he's doing a new horror movie. He is going to be starring in a new wrestling themed horror movie titled Dark Match. Dark Match is going to be coming out uh, later this year. The plot synopsis is a small time wrestling company. Chris Jericho's character uh, accepts a high paying gig in a backwoods town only to discover when they arrive that the community is run by a mysterious cult leader with devious plans for their match. So, you know, I know Steve will be really excited for this one. I know he wants more horror themed wrestling movies. So I know this one's right up your alley, Steve. Yeah, so. I, I think this is uh, Chris Jericho's like next plan, you know, so he went from wrestling to music 
and still and now still doing both but i think wrestling's kind of coming to an end so he's transitioning into his other passion which is horror movies so i'm not surprised and i expect that we're going to start seeing him more and more uh in horror films and I, i'm good i'm good with it i think he's fine so i always like horror fans right. to be in horror movies all right very good well some new purge news ladies and gentlemen apparently the last purge was not the last purge as there has been rumors coming out that frank grillo of course who is a big uh very popular character in the series um of course he played leo in in the franchise for what two or three movies i think three, he was uh, around for two and three i think yeah well there is rumor that he is going to be back for the next purge movie you know as far as what is going to happen other than that nothing else really as far as plot synopsis or anything like that but leo burns leo barnes supposedly going to be coming back frank grillo so i think that's probably the right way to take this franchise he seemed to be the the fan favorite so yeah we'll give you guys updates and i'm sure it's something we'll end up covering when it does eventually come out i'm assuming probably 2024 so yeah we'll keep we'll keep you guys updated has on there that. ever been a single horror franchise that actually ended on a last or the final of anything. It seems like if you put the last or the final in your name, there's almost certainly going to be a new one within like what, five years, maybe <laughs> at the most. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Is there, is there a franchise that actually fucking ended when they promised they would? I can't I think of say, a single one. I was going to say the last exorcism, but there was a sequel to that. So Damn yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know, man. Good question. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they've all done it, right? Like, yeah. almost all Just of them about. have done uh, some kind <laughs> of last or final, or and they haven't finished it on that. I mean, Halloween Ends technically ended that franchise, like, ended that trilogy, oh, yeah, but yeah, you no, know no. it's going to come <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll so, see. We'll see indeed. All right, well, Valentine's Day is coming up, ladies and gentlemen, and what better way to snuggle up with your loved one and watch Freddy Krueger. Because coming exclusively to Screenbox on February 14th of this year is going to be Fred Heads, the Nightmare on Elm Street Freddy Krueger documentary. This one is going to follow the obsession and craziness surrounding uh, the fanhood of the Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy Krueger franchise. They interview fellow fans, a lot of con footage, as well as several actors from the franchise. So um, you're going to have interviews with Lisa Wilcox, Toy Newkirk, Andrews Jones, Miko Hughes, and many more. No word on whether the man himself, Robert England, is going to be in here one way or the other. Um, this obviously seems to be more of a sort of indie documentary uh coming out but sounds fun and something i'll definitely be checking out sounds hella lame joe and you know it does <laughs> we don't want to listen to a bunch of fucking geeks at a con we do that <laughs> normal day life plus they had the the 10 hour one right never sleep again yeah i mean you can't like beat that professional you know Absolutely. so yeah that, this sounds kind of kind of lame but anyone uh, try out Screenbox at all I did. I got um a month. I tried the one month trial of it. It was like okay, but like you know, there wasn't a lot of content on there yet. I'm. I think eventually, like I mean, it's run by Blade Disgusting, so like they have like the resources and stuff like that. So I think eventually they could rival Shutter. But if you remember, Shutter sucked in the beginning too. I mean, it took a That's while true. for Shut yeah. to Shutter to finally. 
find its footing. And now Shudder is like one of the best things going in horror right now with all their originals and stuff like that. So, you know, I think with, obviously they got Terrifier 2, which was very successful for them. And yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm sure they'll be getting a lot more exclusives and stuff like that. But yeah, it'll be tough to compete with Shudder right now. It's going to definitely take a, a while. All right, next bit of news here. Some big news. Another Alien movie is coming. For those of you who didn't know, um, this one is going to be directed by Fede Alvarez, of course, best known for doing The Evil Dead, as well as uh, Don't Breathe. So, and he is he involved? I think he's producing Evil Dead Rise, if I'm not mistaken about that. But I mean, so obviously a great name to take over this Alien franchise. The news here is that they are finally going to start filming this early next year. Well, this year now. They're going to be filming it in Budapest coming up actually filming set to begin february 6th 2023 in budapest so uh, we'll keep you guys up to date not much out there as far as plot synopsis or anything yet um, we also know that there's going to be an alien television series is going to be coming out as well that is going to be on fx that's also expected this year so some big alien stuff coming out this year Are you guys excited for that I mean, uh, given what Disney gave us with Prey, you know, the Predator uh, franchise, I'm kind of excited now to see what they do with Alien as well. And I'm definitely going to give it a shot. I hope it's something cool. You know, I hope they don't just rehash old ideas uh, and they do something unique like Prey. So, yeah, I'll definitely watch it. What do you think, Todd? Are you the big Alien guy? I want to hear your thoughts. I do like Aliens and I do like Fede, so I'm optimistic and like what Steve said, they did well with Prey. I just hope it's it's gory, it's violent, and they gotta get rid of the heroine that copies, copies Ellen Ripley. Ellen Ripley's her own person, she's amazing, one of my favorite heroes, heroines, sorry. But like, let's move on. Let's do something else with it. We don't need to, I think Covenant had like a carbon copy of her, and it was like, God, let's go and we rest, please. But yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's time. We we haven't had a fantastic Alien movie in, in so long. And I, I think, like Steve said, with Prey, I think this is the time that we finally write the ship on the Alien franchise. All right, next bit of news here is not exactly horror news per se, but we did review this movie on the podcast. So I am including it. Twisters, ladies and gentlemen, that is right. We are getting a sequel to Twister. Uh, what, 30 years later now, I think? It is slated to now come out in July 19th, 2024 is the tentative date for this sequel to Twister. Rumor has it Helen Hunt is going to be coming back to reprise her role as Joe. No other news as of right now, other than that they did get a director is on board. Lee Isaac Chung, who did Minari, a film I'm not too familiar with, but he has come on to direct the film no nothing else as far as any sort of plot synopsis or anything like that but i don't know what do you guys think no, i mean it's... no no every time no bill paxton no Phil, philip seymour hoffman amazing actors you can't capture this magic you can't capture this energy if i see a fucking truck driving up the widest staircase of all time again we're gonna have a problem so no i it's uh, no i i think we did get a plot synopsis for this didn't we so from my recollection, it was when a twister kills Bill and Dustin, Dr. Joe Harding decides to exact revenge 
and goes after the entire cluster community. It. it sounds like it could be. Is that is that real? No, no, that's real. <laughs> no way. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'd watch that. Oh, imagine. Yeah, I, I don't know what what they're gonna do with. That. I'm really curious as to what prompted them to do this. Like they've had to have some fucking amazing idea, or probably not. But I don't know. <sighs> it's it's a it's a weird thing to get a sequel to. And I love Twister. Mm-hmm. I watch it every fucking it, yeah. yeah, every single time it's on TV. I will stop whatever I'm doing and watch it. But this is not a sequel we needed. Yeah, yeah. Really b- super bizarre choice. I just don't like who is asking for this, you know what I mean? I mean, I know it's on TV all the time, people like it, but like yeah, really odd choice. But you know, I mean, Helen Hunt coming back, maybe. I mean, like, but yeah, I mean, without Bill Paxson and like Phil, Phil, Phil Paxson and Philip Seymour Hoffman are really like the standouts of that movie. So like, you already lose that, and like, who's left? Like, you bring back. It was an ensemble. What's his face you there? Know? Perfect ensemble right. of of characters, and you lose two of the big ones. It's like. Yeah, definitely. Stop, man yeah it'll be interesting i wonder if like bill's ex-wife there or yeah. her other wife is going to come back some way somehow romantically involved now and yeah, yeah. And sean, sean williams character and yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and then the dude from uh ferris bueller pop up <laughs> right yeah now. exactly yeah. <laughs> uh, all right well well i mean we'll keep you guys updated maybe something we'll review in a couple years you know we'll let you guys know so all right or no, next year it, now, it, yeah. know, i guarantee i almost fucking guarantee that Carrie Elwes's character has a son, and he's a douchebag mm. too. And he's like, I'm "I like it. Do what my dad, whatever, blah blah blah." Joe, you're old, and then something she has to save him, and then they team up, blah blah blah. I'm I'm putting it down. Uh, he he could be like a YouTuber that like chases tornadoes and like <laughs> probably to bring it into the you know. 25th. Yeah, uh, like they're doing like 21st century shit, right? Yeah. And then like you're old school, Joe. Like blah blah blah. <laughs> with your Winnebago. Yeah, it's it's like Deadstream, but with twisters, you know. That motherfucker, someone is gonna ride inside a twister and survive, calling it the whole time and have oh, like a shoot. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we have to review it. Like we have to. Uh, now just... we have to. Yeah. 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 I gotta prove that Carrie's had a son that comes back. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> you know. In fact, maybe... I'm writing it down in the trivia notes right now <laughs> that I made this prediction. Love it. Yeah, for yeah, that that'll be great. And for so in 2024, our end year ender, we can do see if Todd's prediction came true. All right, uh, just a couple uh, last pieces of news here. The first one being an R.I.P. to Cannibal Holocaust director Ruggiero Diodato. Ruggiero Diodato. Uh, yeah, he was 83 years old. Really a revolutionary when it came, I guess, to the horror. He really did kind of created in a way the found footage genre so yeah definitely a big rest in peace to him and then to end yeah absolutely uh and then to end this week of course ladies and gentlemen we have we're doing 30 days of night and the reason we're doing 30 days of night is we decided to do a winter themed episode and interestingly enough today play disgusting released five winter set horror movies that you can stream at home. So let's go through this list quickly here. Number one being Curtains, which I've never seen. Curtains is about six young actresses who spend their weekend at a remote mansion, enduring what may be the most eccentric audition for a movie role they've ever experienced. 
with a masked killer on the loose. This apparently takes place in the wintertime. You can watch Curtains on Freebie or Peacock, Tubi, or Vudu. Next up is a movie reviewed on this podcast last year, and that is No Exit, which is currently streaming over on Hulu. We actually had the director on that episode as well, so you can go and listen to that episode if you haven't yet and catch up. All right, next we have Ravenous, which you can watch over on the Criterion channel, which I didn't even know they had their own streaming service now, but apparently I've seen Ravenous. That's what I've always heard good things about, but I've never seen. That's Guy Pierce, right? Yeah. It's a good one. And the the dad from, or the principal from Ferris Bueller, who is a shitbag, but. Yeah, yeah, right. We don't talk about that. That being said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next one. Another one I've never heard of before Screamers. Either of you guys hear this one? All right. Well, Screamers, you can watch over on Prime Video 2B. And, or Roku. Um, this one is about a long-running war between a mining company and an opposing group called the Alliance has reduced their planet into a ravaged wasteland and exhausted both armies. A stalemate opens the doors to peace, negoci- to peace negotiations, but the artificially intelligent machines built as self- self-replicating assassins have become sentient. Known as Screamers, the AI has evolved in plotting to destroy both sides, blah, blah, blah. So basically, AI gone wrong on that one. And uh, the last one you can stream this week over on Showtime. For those of you with that, you can check out Werewolves Within, which is also another one we reviewed on this podcast last year, year before. I can't remember at this point, but that one we I think we enjoyed for the most part. So there you go. Five winter set horror movies you can stream. And that is it for horror news. I'm surprised they didn't say Frozen. Yeah, that's you know such a winter. I think they were. I think they were trying to be different, like with like ones maybe right. a little less known. So yeah, there you go. Cool. Well, that's all the news we got. Perfect. Yep, that's it this week. Awesome. So uh, before we get into our what watched, we're just gonna warm ourselves up with a nice cup of Joe, and the only place you can get that. Well, it's not the only place, but it's the best place to get that. It'd be Deadly Grounds Coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. What watched? Yes. All right. So I alluded to it earlier, but The Last Man on Earth, starring Vincent Price, one of the best actors, period. Uh, 1964. And this one is based on I Am Legend, the Richard Matheson novel, which I absolutely love the novel. And he is the last man on Earth. And he's hanging out in his house, and he's constantly, every night, bombarded by a vampire-like humanoid kind of creatures. Uh, They go to his house, they start banging on the door, they yell at him, they taunt him, things like that. And he's three years into the ordeal and every morning he searches the town and he does a grid by grid search. So if he searches, you know, one block he and he doesn't find any vampires, he X's out. If he finds vampires, he stakes them through the heart and throws them into a burn pit that the military had set up for when the, the pandemic that destroyed the world was still going on. They were burning all the victims, things like that. Uh, so we kind of go through his psyche and how he's how he's doing. We have flashbacks with him, um, his hot young wife, which is very jarring. He's probably in his 50s, and this lady's in her 20s. Not if you're into that cool, but it was just very jarring the way they set it up. 
And uh, he's like biologist or something where he's working on how to fight the virus and he ends up being the last man in the in the lab and it's eventually he just gives up and says fuck it his family dies everything a nice point to it too is his best friend slash brother-in-law is one of the vampires that comes to his house every night talking shit to him that he's gonna kill him and things like that it's a really good movie um is it dated i mean absolutely it's 1964 black and white vincent price has never really been a good physical actor like when he goes to swing the mallet his limp is his wrist is all limp and it's like a sideways i'm like you're not hitting shit vince like fucking at least pretend but overall i really like it between this one the charlton heston omega man and then uh will smith the slapper um i am legend I think this one is the best adaptation of the story. It hits like the punchline really well at the end where essentially it's from 1964. I'll spoil it. He is a legend to the vampires because the vampires, uh, the biological thing that affected all humanity killed a lot of people, but then it it transformed them into what they are now. And they're not monstrous like Will Smith's I Am Legend. They're like normal people with the condition, right? So they're terrified of of Vincent Price's character because this guy's going around killing everybody when they're sleeping. So he has turned into a, a scary legend to this new society, and he's the last of humanity, and they end up killing him. So yeah, I fucking recommend it. Vince Price is a is a delight anytime he's on the screen. He's just yeah, he's just great, man. So that's uh, Last Man on Earth from 1964, and that one I think is currently streaming on Tubi and Prime and Pluto. If you have that, you ever watch it in color, Todd? No, I did just black and white. That's it's pretty cool in color too. They give the uh, zombie vampires like a bluish tint, kind of like Dawn of the uh, Dead. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, and I love that movie. But you know, I love Vince Price. That's not yeah. a surprise. Great. Very nice. Uh, all right, my first one tonight is Adult Swim's surprise horror movie, uh, Yule Log. Uh, this one I watched over on HBO Max. I'm sure you can watch it other places as well uh yeah so this one you know we talked about it briefly i think on news maybe a couple weeks back when it finally you know leaked out there or surprised everyone it like went on at like two in the morning and you know it literally started the first literally i think five minutes of the movie literally is just a eulog like crackling so you think with the music playing so you just think like okay this is like the just a regular eulog thing you see all the time and then all of a sudden you start like hearing shit like going on in the background. And then it like slowly pans out a little bit and you witness this sort of, you know, murder uh, happening like uh, in front of you sort of slasher style. And then for like a half hour, it pans out a little more because essentially what you come to find out is like this, this kid is there and like he films you logs things in different locations and like that's his like job like he's like a youtuber and like he just makes money doing that which is like actually pretty funny but like and it's really man the movie starts off like really well because like you're just in this one room set it you're in like the one room setting with like the one camera angle at first literally it was just a little bit panned out so like it was really interesting i'm like wow is this whole movie just gonna you're just gonna see kind of people running back and forth between the u-log because like that's like the first 10 minutes of the movie but then it pans out a little more then you get about 25 30 minutes of it like in this one room setting and it's like really good really tension filled and then man the fucking wheels completely fall off this movie and that is obviously what they were going for i just wasn't ready for it and i wasn't along for the ride once the wheels fell off now i'm not a big adult swim guy to begin with like once in a while i'll watch it if you're an adult swim like lover you might love this movie because like literally fucking it i was like kind of into it for a while and like 
I'm not going to get super heavy into spoilers here, but at one point, like the, the eulog comes to life and like it starts like attacking people and i was like okay this is like pretty funny and could be really cool but then like aliens start getting involved out and they show up out of nowhere and all this other random shit and i just completely checked out and i ended up fucking hating this movie i seem to be in the minority though because it's got a pretty high rating over on letterboxd and uh, everyone i follow on letterboxd has given it at least three stars or above i gave it one star on letterboxd i really did not like this movie I also watched it on Christmas Eve. It ruined my Christmas. So there you have it. (laughs) Speaking of ruining your Christmas, (laughs) Joe has been pretty much ruining mine for the last like month or so by speaking of Adult Swim, making me watch a video called Too Many Cooks. And that fucking song has been in my head ever since I watched that stupid video. So thanks, Joe. (laughs) How's the song go? Yeah. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Now, that is a fantastic thing that Adult Swim did. And spoiler, a little spoiler in Ulog, the Too Many Cooks guy makes a very quick <laughs> appearance in Ulog. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So I am finally off the 2022 train and starting back on my old movie backlog, and I couldn't be happier about it. So my first one is from 1987 that I watched over on Tubi. It's called American Gothic. So I remembered this film from when I was a kid. Uh, there was a scene in it that really like struck me as a kid. And I couldn't for the life of me remember what movie it was from. You know, it's just one of those images I remember from when I was like 10. But I remembered what the VHS cover art from the video store we went to with my dad looked like. So I was going through Tubi's uh, like, you know, leaving soon list. And I saw it there and I'm like, oh, I think that's the movie I was thinking about that disturbed me. So it's about a a group of friends and they're going away on a, like a mini vacation in a plane. And all of a sudden the plane like has trouble and they need to do an emergency landing. They're out of gas and they land on this private Island. And then they kind of start exploring the Island, trying to look for resources or some way to, you know, be able to put out a signal or find gas or whatever the case may be. And they find a house there. Uh, They go into the house because that's how people live. Apparently, they just walk into random houses thinking they, you know, they they need help. They own it. And the house is kind of stuck in like the 1920s. And they start laughing about it. They start wearing clothes from the people who live in the house and kind of super invasive to their uh, personal space. And then this elderly couple comes in and they're kind of surprised by it. But they say they need help. So they're like, okay, you know what? We'll help you. They're very welcoming. But they are a little bit weird, you know, but that's normal because they're so secluded. And then start, you know, things start happening. There's new, like, you know, members of the family that start popping out of nowhere, their daughters, their sons, and they seem like a kind of inbred family. You know, they're very, like, odd, and they do weird things. Like, the little girl looks like she's 40, and she, like, has a baby, but it's dead, and it's like this whole thing. It's really creepy. And, of course, uh, the inbred family starts killing off the people in the group, and it just gets weirder and weirder. And all of a sudden, um, there's like a twist ending to it. And it's it was surprising. And I thought a great way to end this film. I liked it. I thought it was cool. It's like that kind of 80s cheese that I love. The, it's a little disturbing with the inbred family and stuff and some of the stuff that they try to do. You know, there's a little bit of rape and kind of that kind of stuff that uh, is tough to watch. That's actually the scene that marked me as a kid was one of the rape scenes or attempted rape scenes. 
but yeah it's uh, it's still i think a movie worth watching because it does get disturbing and it does have some surprising moments in it that uh, make kind of make it stand out from all the other films i kind of like this so i would recommend it it's on tubi and it's called american gothic yeah i have really fond memories of that one too from my childhood because we had the vhs in my house and the cover obviously stands out to me big time and i i, I don't remember a lot about it like you know because i haven't seen it since i was a child but i have one scene that's just burned into my brain from that movie is like when they're out like outside and they're like we're a bunch of weirdos we're a bunch of weird and they're like going back and forth and i've never forgotten that to this day and i probably haven't seen the movie in like 20 plus years now so that's a cool one i'm gonna have to revisit that one too it's on tubi you said yeah, but it was on a Leaving Soon page, so I don't know if it's going oh, to okay. Who knows? Right. It, it might be available somewhere else for you guys. All right, I'll check it out. All right, uh, and my last one tonight, 2022 release. Trying to get this in before our end of the year episode. And that movie is Piggy. This one I had seen was making a lot of the top of the year lists and whatnot. Obviously didn't make mine, but... Piggy is about a like a teenage girl like she's in high school I guess she's a little overweight and she's continuously getting uh, bullied by these you know the popular kids in school and stuff like that when one day she's walking home and a car drives by and she sees these girls that bullied her have been abducted by some psycho and she just lets them go essentially um, and says, you know, well, you guys bullied me. So fuck you essentially. And she lets, she doesn't help them, doesn't save them and just lets kind of the killer, the killer drive off. And the rest of the movie is sort of the town. It's like, it's a very small town. She, um, her family like owns a butcher shop and it's essentially, you know, the police trying to piece together what happened to these girls. Obviously they know that um, our lead, our actress there. I'm just, I'll just call her Piggy because I remember, can't remember her character name. But essentially, they know she knows more than she's leading on. And yeah, and then the serial killer also forms an obsession with our lead actress, which, you know, stuff happens from there. And I'll leave it at that because I think, you know, you don't want, I don't want to get too spoilery. But yeah, overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I think it was really well done. The lead actress here uh, who plays Piggy is amazing. She's fantastic in her role. She really does carry the movie in a lot of ways. It's a slow burn, but man, the the last act is so good and it's worth, it's worth it to get to that point. So yeah, I mean, there's some shit that happens that I was not expecting at all. Like it gets pretty dark and uh, yeah, I would recommend this one. It, it was very good. And it, where is it from? Spain, Mexico, something like that, I think. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I echo what you said. You know, it wasn't my top 10 either, but uh, it's one that I'm happy I watched. And you're right, she's very good at her role. And I felt bad for Piggy. Uh, you know, she just, she gets bullied mercilessly, like really badly. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, so my final one is from 2017. I believe I also watched this on Tubi. And it's called Halloween Pussy Trap Kill Kill. So this one was, I think it was nominated for one of our movie nights in our Discord. Didn't end up winning, but I mean, the title just kind of made me want to watch it. Just I was curious as to what this was all about. I never even heard of what it was about at all. So I went in completely kind of blind to this one. So the story starts off really odd. It starts off in like Afghanistan and it's American soldiers fighting like, you know, at the Taliban, I guess. They don't really specify it, but the Taliban. And they get into this big kind of fight and it looks like a war movie. And it's like, okay, am I might watch I, I checked twice to make sure I'm watching the right movie, you know, or to be like didn't fuck up or whatever. 
but then the Taliban catches the American army and they start talking about Halloween being uh, like a weird uh, holiday and they don't understand why Halloween is all about. And then they behead and like shoot the American soldiers, but they keep one alive so that he can go and like kind of spread the word, but they fillet his face off before doing so. The story takes place Halloween, like a, probably a couple of years later. And there's a bunch of people who are in a band and they're going from one gig to another. But on the way, they stop at a gas station and the gas station attendant is, um, he like, you know, kind of tries to help them because they have engine trouble. And they're like, oh, we need a car. We need to get to our next gig. He's like, oh, I'll give you a lift to a house, you know, that we have down the street. And there you can take a car and go to your gig. And as long as I get to fix your van, they're like, okay, that's cool. So he goes to bring him to the house. But of course, he gasses them and he puts him into what is essentially like a saw type house. It's like a trap house where the guy who got filleted at the beginning is watching on a monitor and he puts him through a series of tests, kind of like saw, I guess. Uh, that they need to pass in order to get out of the house. There are three levels that they need to get through. And that's basically the story of that. Uh, there's some weird fucking shit in this movie. Like the guy's family. It's like this group of freak show looking people. It's very, very odd. Once in a while, they have trick-or-treaters come to the house. And it's each like it's little base like story where they make fun of trick-or-treaters or they kill the trick-or-treaters. And it's just really out of place and odd. The traps weren't fun to watch at all. It's just people arguing for most of the time. And it's a lot of like, okay, you need to kill someone. And they argue and then they kill someone. Then they go to another room. Okay, you need to kill someone else. It's just, I don't know, it's not interesting. Overall, I was disappointed. I, I thought the title was cool, but uh, the movie itself is kind of dull. I think there are way better movies like this that you could watch. I mean, Saw included. So I would not go out of my way to watch this one. So uh yeah, it's called Halloween Pussy Trap Kill Kill over on Tubi. Well, 2023 is upon us. It's quarter number one of horror trivia. So it's zeros across the board. Any man's game at this point. Um, I don't see any frosted tips on Joe's head. That's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to do I, it. I, when wait, you come did you talk about Poppy's Graveyard? No, I didn't watch it. <laughs> oh, you son of oh, all right, you son of a bitch. I forgot you joke. Dang it. Make you watch it three times now. <laughs> Seriously. Like right. clockwork orange style. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of punishment then. movies. Uh-oh. I'm not watching guys, mine until you watch yours, fucker. All right. Next we can all I'll watch Poppy's Graveyard and then you guys can watch your punishment movie. What is it? For this week, or since I won quarter trivia. Yeah, who cares about Todd winning for the year? You know, <laughs> quarter trivia is what really matters. All right, so over over on Tubi Maybe. from 2017. In honor of a little doll movie coming out in a couple weeks called Megan, I figured why not give you guys another doll movie to watch first. And this one is called The Doll. Got a whopping, I think, 1.7 over on Letterboxd. And when pals Chris and Andy order a model from an escort service, they soon come to find that something is unnaturally and deadly wrong with her. And I picked this because when I was going through the Letterboxd reviews, some person said, contender for worst movie I've ever seen. So I said, all right, well, let's give this one a shot. I will say I had a second place runner up, one I was going to pick. Maybe you want to watch it just for fun. From 1977, Snow Beast. 
No Beast is about uh, a Colorado ski resort is besieged by a subhuman Bigfoot beast that commits brutal murders on the slopes. Oh. That one sounded a little more fun, so I didn't want to, you know, treat you guys with that one. Thank okay. you, Joe. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you know what's bad about the doll? <laughs> the uh, the top billing on that movie is Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Oh so boy, that is the biggest star in that movie. <laughs> it's Ron Jeremy. Well. So no, it didn't age well at all. So yeah, great. Can't wait. It's not, I look forward to your thoughts. Yeah, this is not child's play. It's a tagline. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, at least it's only an hour and twenty minutes. So you know, directed by a female, unlike... so maybe she'll put a female spin on it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hour twenty minutes, unlike tonight's feature that was almost two hours. That was <laughs> <Right>. so... <laughs> but we'll get to that. Let's get to trivia first. Yeah. Zero, right. zero, zero. Zeros. All right, uh, Todd, you have to do the honors as the defending, what four-time champion, three-time champion, uh, three or four? Yeah, something there. You guys, Und- undisputed champion. <laughs> he's he's the di- a dynasty right now. Right? <laughs> yeah. so he's yeah. Going in the Hall of Fame first ballot easily mm-hmm. unless you guys catch me with you are the hall of fame <laughs> are you not entertained all right <laughs> in the lost boys where do the frog brothers work the comic shop Con- i heard yeah i heard That's a comic store shop. oh well go to the tape because i don't know who yeah. said it first okay <laughs> it's pretty close I don't... yeah i'll give you one each for now just let me know all right all righty i'll go next Match the killer to the movie. Oh, cool. So we're naming the killer. Not the no, movie. you're naming the movie. Okay. You're naming the movie. That's well, okay. <laughs> match match the killer to the movie. I'm going to give you the killer. Okay. You say the movie. Okay. Okay. The killer is John Ryder. Oh, that sounds familiar. Um, is Maniac it uh, sh- incorrect? Shocker. We reviewed this movie on the podcast. And I oh, will say that. It's not a shocker, then. Is it uh, The Hitcher? Yeah, you got right. it, Steve. It is there The Hitcher. <laughs> awesome. Nice. I knew it was something in the last year, but... All right. So I need an exact number here. There were four 30 Days of Night movies uh, made. Oh, boy. Two full-length films and two shorts. What was the time span between all four films in years? Ooh. Hmm. I'll say six years. You're wrong. Let's go at even ten. And wrong. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. So the answer is surprisingly three. three. Wow. Because wild. the two shorts were made right after the first movie. So oh. the, the sequel of the feature length film was three years after. Therefore, that was the end of that franchise. Okay, well, I, I got to part two and it sucked balls, so that was it for me. <laughs> yeah, I watched all of them. I'll talk about it during the release, but yeah. All right, this one's from Kayla. What Academy Award-winning actor starred along Dakota Fanning in 2000's horror movie Hide and Seek? Oh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. That is correct. Steven with the Robert De Niro. <laughs> oh, Steve's coming back with too. a vengeance. <laughs> No fucking around in 2023. <laughs> All right, Joe. Okay. How many demons are said to have invaded Emily in the exorcism of Emily Rose? Three. Incorrect. Correct. Let's go with seven. Close, but no cigar. 
The correct answer is six. Damn it. So close. (laughs) All right. So this is French translation. So I took the original title in French and translated it back to English, which spits out a different title than what it actually is in English. So in French, it is La Quatrième Dimension. Oh, easy. Okay. No, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. know it well. It, it, in English, that translates to the fourth dimension. Um, gee whiz. Um, paranormal activity? Good guess, but wrong. Twilight Zone, the movie. Correct. Damn it. <laughs> yes. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I thought I was going to trick you guys. That, that's the last. I'm done with the <laughs> trivia. All right. Here's another Lost Boys question. Where, or what's the name of the town in Lost Boys? Santa Clara. Santa Clara's correct. Yes. <laughs> I always forget. Like I know there's a real town. Is it a real town, Santa Clara? Uh, or is it a Santa... fictional? I really don't know. I think it was filmed in. Um... So I, I mix it with Santa Clarita, which is like another. That's a real town. Oh. It was, I know it's filmed on Santa Monica Pier, I believe, right. but whatever. U.S. geography. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. Okay. What horror film partially inspired the opening scene of Jordan Peele's Get Out because he claimed it reflected the subversion of a perfect white neighborhood? I'm trying to think of that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Village of the Damned? Incorrect. Um, I don't know. No guess. All right. No guess. All right. The correct answer is John Carpenter's Halloween. Really? Hmm, Interesting. I don't know how the hell that inspired (laughs) that drive-by kidnapping, right? Well, it was in a white, it was in a very, like, predominantly white, like, nice neighborhood. Mm. Because he talks, like, when he's on the, he's on the phone with somebody, like, talking about he's in, like, this white neighborhood. Okay. All right. So there you go. Huh? Wasn't well, my question. <laughs> well, uh, I'm holding you accountable. So. Yeah. <laughs> Final question of our very first trivia of the year. This is a match the movie to its trivia, which is All something right. I've been used doing lately. Nice. I have four of them, so that's the max you get. <laughs> okay. First one. A cameraman slipped during filming, smashing his camera into the star's face and knocking oh. out several of the actor's teeth. Not good. Ooh. Someone got fired. Okay. No? No. No. The film was shown to Stephen King, and it was his glowing endorsement, which was later used on the film's ads and posters of the film, which really sold it to the public. Okay. At the end of a normal day of shooting, the star would return home in the back of a pickup truck because he was covered in fake blood from head to toe. The Evil Dead? That's correct. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. So apparently uh, no one got fired because no one made money. For, yeah, that was for probably fucking out Sam Raimi that jumped yeah. the fucking camera. Uh, <laughs> and my last one was, the temperatures were so cold at time during shooting that the camera and other wiring froze. They then had to be thawed out by the fireplace inside the cabin. I still need to go to that location one of these days. All right. Okay. So a Steve obviously took it this night. However, I have Steve at four, possible three, Joe at two, possible one, 
and myself at one for the first game of 2023. Send us those trivia questions if you want us to ask each other. We'll happily ask them on the show. Yes. All right, 30 Days a Night, directed by David Slade from 2007. Tagline, they're coming, explanation mark. This is a story of an isolated Alaskan town that is plunged into darkness for a month each year when the sun sinks below the horizon. As the last uh, rays of light fade, the town is attacked by a bloodthirsty gang of vampires bent on an uninterrupted orgy of destruction. Oh, only the small town's husband and wife sheriff team stand between the survivors and certain destruction. Uh, so we have Melissa George and we have Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett is a local town sheriff. Melissa George is like the local, actually ex-local fire marshal. She's estranged from her husband, Josh Hartnett, and she comes back to town to do something. I forget. But they meet up and they're like talking about being divorced and shit like that. Meanwhile, Ben Foster, who I think is a really underrated actor, he's pretty good. He shows up out of fucking nowhere in this town. He's all fucking scraggly. He's dirty. His teeth are all fucked up. He talks like he's fucking got marbles in his throat. And he's making a scene at the fucking diner. And he's like, I want raw meat. And they're like, get the fuck out of here, you psycho. So Josh Hartnett, town sheriff, comes over here. And he's like, hey, get the fuck out of here. Um, his wife comes in, puts a gun to the back of his head, right? And says, you better listen to Josh Hartnett or he's going to kick your ass. So they throw him in jail. Uh, meanwhile, there's some shady shit going around town. Dogs are being killed. I think the power's going out at one point. And then we also learn, too, that, hey, if you don't get out of this town now, you're stuck here for 30 days. And the title, 30 Days a Night, it's town of Barrow, Alaska, goes into darkness for 30 days uninterrupted. So these vampires come into town. Ben Foster is their familiar. They use him to sabotage some stuff in the town. And then I think one thing leads to, leads to another, and the town is besieged by vampires, and they just go all out killing everybody. Josh Hartnett and Melissa George go uh, as like the leaders of the resistance, whatever you want to call them, um, trying to fight their way through the vampire attack. Saw this in the movie theaters when it came out, had a really great time with it. I remember too distinctly that when I came out of the theater, like a deep fog had come over to the town. So I just saw this and like with all the white, like snow flurries and stuff, it was really cool. Liked it a lot back then, watched it recently with a couple buddies and had a great time on movie night. And overall, I really like this one. It's a little, like a lot too long. Shave off about 35 minutes and make it a little tighter. I think it'd be better film. But I think the vampires are really cool, especially uh, Marlo played by Danny Huston. He's pretty dope. I like their like um, communication they kind of do. The vampires, like the clicking kind of thingy is kind of freaky. And then I think Josh Hartnett and Melissa George are, are a good pair. Uh, so those are my initial thoughts. Yeah, I man, I haven't seen this one in quite a while, probably since its like initial release when I watched it at home. I mean, I remember absolutely loving this movie and like it being, you know, one of my favorite vampire films. On a rewatch, I think it's still a pretty good movie, but it definitely wasn't as good as I remembered it to be, mainly because of the runtime. Two at almost two hours, this movie's way too long. But honestly, that's like my only real negative here because everything else is really good. I love the small town winter setting. Really cool. You really feel that sort of immersion in this town. The vampires are fucking awesome. The gore is great. The kills are really cool. So I'm a little torn because like man, it drags like it drags a lot. And it's edited weird because like and it because like it's over 30 days, but it doesn't like it, it doesn't like translate well you know and you know i don't know if either of you guys agree with me on that but i just like i just felt like like i i never felt like we were go like day to day to day like it just like a number pops up but like i don't know it just didn't feel like it like that to me that's more of a nitpick than anything though um so i think it's edited a little weird too but 
the main villain vampire is fucking awesome. I thought, you know, I think obviously a, a good villain really helps a movie like this. And he is, he's fantastic in this. So, you know, I'm a little mixed about it, but at the end of the day, I think it's still like a really solid vampire flick. I'm kind of like the same thing as Joe. I saw it in theaters in its initial run. And then I immediately bought it on uh, Blu-ray or maybe it was DVD. I don't remember, but uh, I have it on Blu-ray now. And I rewatched it then and then haven't watched it since its release, you know, since on uh, on home video. And I remember really, really liking it. But upon rewatch, I got to admit the problems are starting to pile up a little bit more for me. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think it's a really fun film. The fucking like amount of kills are in this film. Uh, how crazy it gets at times the uh vampires are super fucking cool like you said todd i love the way they communicate they kind of whisper and click and it's like a really cool way of communicating but like you guys both said the runtime is way too long and i agree 100 percent with joe uh, i didn't feel that transition from day to day at all you know it didn't make sense to me that if they didn't put the days like on the screen i i would have thought this was all basically one night you know it just didn't translate away at all. And I take uh, the movie Alive. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that one as a perfect example of that. I could feel the time passing, you know, from scene to scene. I could feel that these people have been through shit and they're getting really scraggly. They're getting fucking dirty. They're, you know, you could tell that they've been through shit and time has passed. Whereas this, yeah, sure. They got a little bit of stubble, but they still fucking look super good. They're all super clean. They got the same clothes. It's not even the slightest tattered. It's just basically, the, you know, this, the way they worked 30 days ago. I didn't see that transition. And that was weird to me. And I kept wondering, like, what, what, what the fuck are the vampires doing during all this time? You know, there's what? maybe a hundred houses on this fucking town they could seriously clear these houses one by one it's not like they have to deal with a daytime right there's no daytime for them to worry about so they could and there are a lot of them there are a lot of vampires on this in this place so it really didn't make sense to me that they're not just fucking clearing these houses and getting them so there's a lot of issues that would pop up and like joe also said uh the pacing and the editing and the way this movie was shot was really weird like it just it was like action 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 boom nothing they do stuff they talk they have little relationshipy things and then action and then they talk and then action and then they talk it's just like a really choppy way of telling the story and it just it made the movie drag you know and that that was a big problem i think they kind of dropped the ball on developing characters too here because like it started well on the development like when you're meeting the people in the town but like we don't get the development of like what happened how their marriage fell apart like at all like there's they never really get into that like whatsoever and they're supposed to be like our two big important characters and that's kind of just like swept under the rug and it's kind of like okay like nothing also like why did the vampires go there to begin with? There's no explanation of it. They just kind of show up. I mean, obviously, like, I assume it's like, okay, this town is 30 days a night, so it's like the perfect place to go for these vampires. But I mean, maybe I missed the part where it told us why the vampires were going there to be to begin with. But um, I felt like there was kind of, um, that was not explained well either. Yeah, I don't think they, they, they say, and, and that leads to what I was going to say is, what is the vampire's endgame here? Because we know they were on like a i don't know cargo ship or something right so they can't retreat on that because they killed everybody they can operate a fucking ship what is their plan in alaska you know like i know we're overthinking it but like all right you took over this town you killed everybody people are going to come back in about you know 
20 more days you guys get to hide in the fucking barn like what's the deal i, I can actually answer that one. Oh, uh, and the reason i can answer that one oh. is i watched <laughs> all four of these fucking movies i i never seen the two shorts i had seen part two but i'd never seen the two shorts and one of the shorts is a prequel to the first one about them about humans trying to warn people that they're going to alaska so the way the best way i could describe it is put yourself in the shoes of a vampire so they can't go out 16 hours out of the day right so they're only limited to an eight hour kind of window in order to get the food that they require to survive and in that eight hours they have other people hunting them and other entities hunting them so it's always risky for them to go out and feed so they figure that by going to this place that has a certain amount of people where a no one else could come and bother them b they don't have to deal with the like the time you know the time of day they could basically like kind of forage food for 30 days and sustain themselves and regroup so it's a plan that they have every year is to kind of revitalize themselves and kind of move forward um in order to do the rest of their vampiring shit so that's the reason that they picked that very specific place at that very specific time were the I, I didn't like the second one, but were the shorts good? Decent? I mean, yeah, because there's no like boring, you know, lulls. It's just vampires killing people and explaining a little bit of the story. So the first short, I forget, there's dust. It's, I think the first one's called Blood Trail. It happens right before the uh, attack in the first one. Like there's there's a guy who's trying to warn people that this plan is gonna happen and they need to warn them you know before the ship goes there and the one after is three weeks after this and it's basically about um kind of the what happened there and how to prevent it from happening in the future and stuff like that so yeah i mean they're they're pretty good if you can find them i, I watch on youtube because they're not available anywhere else but it's called dust to dust the second one by the way so. his name's eben right josh hartman's yeah, eben so um what do you guys think about him essentially doing a power-up becoming a vampire killing vampire and taking out the leader i was cool with it like it was something different i felt like like not something i've seen all too often um my problem was like the showdown with like the main vampire just seemed very like lackluster like i just wanted more of a battle there i feel like he just kind of killed him off a little too easy for me but as far as the plan yeah, I mean, someone had to do something, right? Like, so, you know, he and he was the leader, essentially. So I was cool with it. I really liked how he went out, too. It was a pretty, like, heartbreaking scene. You know, he gets in his wife's arms and the sun comes up and fucking burns him. I'm like, geez, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Is it permanent? Maybe. Oh. oh. Maybe not. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, he did fucking go to dust at the end of part one so yeah could we spoil part two as well in this uh, review go for it <laughs> sure because uh, i'll probably never watch it <laughs> i watched back. that i don't remember him coming back <laughs> he comes back at the end of part two <laughs> no way yeah so they the recast whole, right well they yeah they recast both him and uh, the girl <laughs> that's yeah. arrived and the story part two is basically her like trying to tell people that vampires are a thing and trying to prove it to everyone and as she's going through the, her research she meets a group of like you know vampire hunters who they go together to kill the queen and whilst they're going together to kill the queen they realize that if you pour blood on a dead vampire they revive so at oh, the end up. she goes back to alaska <laughs> digs up his body and then pours the blood on him 
and he wakes up they they hug and then he eats her <laughs> are you fucking kidding me oh Cut my god that's hilarious <laughs> that's terrible man that's awful that's like three terrible things back to back <laughs> i know it's so the second one's really bad it's called dark oh. days i think uh, yeah dark shit yeah <laughs> jeez that's bad man yeah so anyway but as far as for this one i thought it was cool it was a cool way to kind of end the movie i thought um there are definitely some other things i want to talk about one of them it has one of the coolest fucking shots like ever in this movie it's the top view of the town as they're panning over the kind of you know center of the city and it's just like absolute mayhem where vampires are killing everyone and you see like people shooting it was like oh fuck i love that shot they take that shot in part two a bunch of times they keep showing that shot you know just to show kind of how bad it was over there and yeah it was badass they had good stuff in this movie yeah it's just the pacing that was just so fucking this is when like shaky cam editing was like pop right at the top of the fucking what do you want to call it everyone was doing it so that sucked but uh yeah i love that scene too and then the guy from um oh shoot isn't that he from uh sons of anarchy the town outcast yeah boom Um, uh, from something it's um yeah yeah yeah, him but no that's some character development he's also in vampires Oh yeah, <laughs> but that's the, when you guys talked about character development early on. That's a good example too. Like he gives him a ticket, and he even says something like, "It reminds him he's part of this town." And then later, he saves him essentially with his whatever the hell that thing was, cutting zombies or vampires in half. Really cool scene. But um, shout out to I don't know what their jobs were, but it was two guys and a girl, and they were talking about threesome and that night before the vampires got him. So you know, respect for them, justice for them. They didn't get their knock the boots that night, but. A lot of cool stuff, man. A lot of cool stuff in this movie, but gosh damn, was it too long? Yeah, and yeah, they also go to places that I didn't expect they would. Like at one point, a vampire child uh, starts attacking them. Yeah, and I thought, I I don't know what they'll do with that. And then they like pin her against the wall and chop her head off. I'm like, fuck! Wow, okay, I guess that that's gonna happen. So, kudos. Yeah, I always like appreciate when they go the extra mile. Also. Shout out to our director here, David Slade, who three years later went on to direct another vampire movie. Maybe you've heard of it. Even more violent and disturbing than 30 Days of Night, the Twilight Saga (laughs) Eclipse. Uh, oh, did he really? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yep. They must have watched 30 Days of Night. Like, this guy can do vampires. Let's get him in. That David Slade's so hot right now. (laughs) <laughs> Let's get him into this love story vampire movie. He also did uh, Hard Candy, which is a really great uh, little movie. It's a dark one. That's before. a dark one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Patrick Wilson, Elliot Page. It's a, definitely a good one. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Just looking at his filmography, uh, he did something in Nightmare Cinema. I think you watched. He that did. Too. I I did. We, it, I honestly don't remember a lot about it now. I remember it being like hit or miss. On, I gave it two and a half on Letterbox, so I think it was kind of hit or miss on the stories. I, you know, you'd have to tell me which one he did, and then, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Can't say if I like the hit, his story in that or not, but yeah. yeah. And one thing that really bothers me with films like this, holy fuck, does the snow look fake? Like I, I just couldn't with how bad the snow. CGI looks. snow, <laughs> yeah, at times, not, yeah, not, not, yeah, that that was fucking horrible when it was a storm i was like laughing out loud at how bad it looked but also even when they're in the town like the snow doesn't look like snow whatsoever it's just white clumps of powder you know it's just that's not what snow looks like if it fucking john carpenter did it super well why can't you guys do it super well so that that bothers me but that's our nitpick it's just 
why what was the reasoning for killing the dogs though was it, is it to protect the vampires so they wouldn't go after the vampires because i feel like probably it'd be easy enough the dogs to... would tip them off probably i the guess humans. yeah just like they got rid of the satellite phones Kind of they just wanted a, you know, you know, an entree, uh, like a nice little, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little, a little snack before the main meal. I don't know. Apparently, well, it was, ben, was it Ben Foster, right? I assume that killed them because, yeah. like, they kind of yeah, someone with a knife shit. stabbing them. So yeah, yeah. and then they yeah, fuck him good... over too, and like break his yeah, neck or something. Like, dang, <laughs> yeah. he needs help, dumbasses. No. Uh, so yeah. yeah, this movie was filmed in New Zealand. Oh. I don't know if it snows over there, but I don't think it does. So it it does a little bit. Does it? You not see it in Lord, of, fucking... in Lord of the Rings a little bit, but uh, oh, that's true. But not, not this fucking not, furry not, shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> let's let's see some other stuff about uh, Thirty Days a Night here. We got hour fifty three minutes. Way too fucking long. Yep. Thirty million budget. Seventy five wow. mil. Seventy five mil worldwide. Um, so not okay. exactly a smash it, but still made money. Maybe after. Yeah, it made game. money for sure. Yeah, and they got an action figure line. As Do well. they really? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh shoot, I'm gonna have to buy some. Yeah, they got some really cool vampire figures. They came that came out of the, out of it, and so I forget who made it so, at the time, but you can find them on eBay. Uh, and the vampire language is created by a new New Zealand university professor, so that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, vampires yeah. look really cool, eh? and this is like, did. that. That's one thing. Yeah. That I think what I remembered most from my initial viewing, like way back in when it first came out, was how cool the vampires are, and I wish. They explored that more, I guess. There are big portions of this movie where the vampire's not doing anything, so it's, mm-hmm. it's weird. Yeah, yeah. There's like legitimately scary moments in this too, for sure. Like jumpy. Like I had my headphones in watching this, and uh, <laughs> there's some good. There's some fucking loud, good jump scare moments. That's the one scene that got me the most. Wasn't even the vampire scene. It was when the fucking snowplow comes and takes out her other car. That fucking part scared the shit out of me because I wasn't expecting it. So yeah good stuff and what the fuck is that guy doing he didn't see that woman's car it wasn't even snowing i don't think at the time was it <laughs> like what the fuck shitty ass drives plow driver there the, you know the plows can do shit on their own as we recently found out so watch out with those plows you know mm-hmm. also fun fact melissa george did most of her own driving in this <laughs> okay and hartnett <laughs> did most of his own stunts so fun facts all right there you go yeah. josh where's he good what's job. he been up to lately anything I haven't Has seen him in a long time. Yeah. Let's look at um since, since that sex movie, bit. like sex drive or whatever, sex where he, he wasn't allowed to have sex for like 30 days or something. That was like 20 years ago, dude. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, the last that thing I saw. That's the last thing I saw. <laughs> Isn't that 30 days and 30 nights? Isn't that what that's called? Yeah, uh, so, I think so. Yeah, see, that made that was Jessica, the unofficial sequel. Alba, I think. Yeah, was it? <laughs> so apparently he did a Black Mirror episode. I don't know. Oh, really? I don't remember him either. Um, you know which one? Stuff. It was in like. Striker, right? Striking Vipers, wasn't it? <laughs> season six, <laughs> episode one. I don't know what that is. Hmm. Let me look. Let me look. Season look six? Yeah. Is there that, that must six? have been the last. That was the last. Well, that had to have been the last. Was, that, was no, that like I, Bandersnatch or like the. the I feel like season one? six. Is season six the new season coming out? or? Maybe it is. It doesn't have. It doesn't even have a. What, yeah, it, what it is or anything. It might, it might Just, be the next season. Yeah, it might be the cool. new season. And then a bunch of stuff I don't recognize. Um, mm-hmm. Exterminate all the brutes. Wrath of Man. Die Hart. Not Die uh, Hard. He's a, <laughs> okay. That, that means he's a featured prominently on Two B's recommended list. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's just chilling. I, I think he's mm. a fine actor though. So. Yeah. The faculty. I'm a big big fan of the faculty. faculty yeah. Uh, that's, that's what we should do sometime. H2O. Oh, yeah. H2O. Yeah. H2O too. Yeah. Okay. Rate it. In our new 
new and improved rating structure? Yes. So we're going letterbox ratings from now on, folks. So say goodbye to the 10-point system. Moment of silence for that. Sound out the horns, Steve. All right, so I'm going to rate. So yeah, I mean, I think it's still a a really solid vampire movie. Obviously, the runtime really kills this for me a little bit. But at the end of the day, great gore, great vampires. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. All right, I'm going to hit it with a solid three out of five. I like it. I enjoy it. I'll watch it in a few years from now again. It's, It's fun. And I'm exactly there. I gave it a three stars out of five. Yeah, I mean, it, it's still, there's still a lot of fun stuff about it. It's definitely by far the best of the four, you know, movies that they release on this uh, franchise. And it's one that I could see coming back one day because those vampires are really cool. And I think they should do something with it. I'm actually surprised they haven't, to be honest. I, I guess that second one bombed so bad. It was, it was pretty bad. So, yep, three stars. Did the second one get a theater release? Or was that like straight to video? That was DVD. Uh, I think, yeah, I think nah. it was straight to video. And it nah. deserved, Remember that one? Deservedly like, so. Yeah. Remember when Horror Block was... Uh, no, not Horror Block. The one where you got like four DVDs in the mail. Oh, yes. yeah, Horror Pack? Horror Pack. Horror Pack, there you go. That was like a big... Like one of their like exclusives or some shit. Like <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, the second uh, one... Is still a thing? Yeah, they I, are actually. Horror like, Pack, yeah. Yeah. In the second one, they replaced the main actress, Melissa George, with someone else. And they actually refilm the last scene of the first one with her in it. <laughs> so they, uh, you know, her hugging uh, Josh Hartnett at the end there as he's fading away with a different act with a different actress. Yeah, with her, with the girl from Part Two, so that in the flashbacks it, it makes more sense, right? Because they're trying to pay off that eventual ending where he comes back to life, and it's funny because so the way that they film that very last scene is he's coming back to life. And she's like, because she had to bleed out because she had to use some of her blood as well. And she's on the floor kind of bleeding out a little bit. And she wakes up and he's not on the ground anymore. He's standing up. And they do this like pan from the back of his like kind of jacket, back of his head. And then they slowly like go around him as if for the big reveal. So I thought, oh shit, they probably got Josh Hartnett back because they're doing this whole like reveal, right? Even though it's for one scene. Now, some totally fucking random actor (laughs) that's playing him. So. so it resurrects uh, their clothing too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's totally true. He, he was a total crisp. And because in the movie, he's not. He, it's just his face. His clothes doesn't crisp up. Uh, uh, but okay. when she takes him out of the body, he is all crispy, all the way from head to toe. But then his clothes is fully revitalized. So part three, vampire clothes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's, I like it. Right. I do that. Write the script. Submit it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like that jeans one that we watched. Like I forget what it's Slacks. called. Slacks. Slacks. Yeah. Slacks. Be, wow. Like, killer clothes that suck people's blood. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, killer clothes related. Clown was fun. I like clown a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That one was pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. All right, well, I think that is going to wrap it up, folks, for this episode. We hope you enjoyed our review of 30 Days of Night. Next week, I believe we're going to be toddlers, unfortunately, but Steve and I will be on. I believe we are going to be reviewing The Menu from 2022. You can watch that currently streaming over on HBO Max. Where is it at in Canada, Steve? Also HBO Max? No, VOD only. 
VOD only. Okay. So VOD only in Canada, HBO Max here in America, anywhere else. Check your local listings, folks, and I'm sure you can find it. So, so uh, other than that, folks, uh, don't forget to follow us on our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, The Horror Squad Podcast. If you'd like to send us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. And finally, of course, our Discord, the absolute best way to keep up with the podcast. I saw we just started a weight loss challenge, Steve. Can you uh, talk about that a little bit? This is basically that we okay. started a private group within our Discord where we motivate each other to uh help us lose that holiday weight and more so it's you know that that community is so amazing we just had a movie uh, night like last week where we watched a very very good movie that we are actually going to review on a show at some point so it's a lot of fun and the next movie night is going to be the last friday of january i forget what that date is and we're currently throwing out nominees for what we will watch all together on that movie night so if you want to join us just join our discord yeah, absolutely. And to get into our Discord, all you got to do is just send us a uh, DM through any of our other socials, and we will send you that invite link over to the Discord. Completely free. Great community over there. Have everything. We got the movie club over there. Maybe the book club will be revi- revived in 2023. We'll see about that. But uh, a lot of stuff going on over there. So, uh, you know, if you miss, obviously, if you want to keep up with the podcast throughout the entire week, that is the best way to do it and i think that's it so yeah happy new year once again everyone we're ready for 2023 hopefully it's a great year for horror and we'll see you next week for the menu bye bye see ya Love to make it nice and you got too many cooks.